Good morning. This is Dean with the Two Party Podcast. Uh, it's 9-11. It's a day that most Americans uh, should never forget. Uh, we were attacked. Uh, our our New York City, the Twin Towers uh, were attacked. Um, I like to ask. Uh, it, it's funny. I like I like to ask people <clears throat> where they were uh, because for most people there's an answer. Uh, most Americans that were in the country at that time, it's a defining question that, uh, most everybody has in common. They, they know where they were on that date. Um, it, for me, I was in, uh, Tampa, Florida. I was living in Odessa, Florida, uh, where I kind of grew up on and off. Uh, one of the main areas I, I grew up in that I call home. Uh, I woke up, we were supposed to go riding, uh, a friend of mine, Ron Pasto, and I were supposed to go riding with a bunch of other people up at Croom, and we uh, <clears throat> we decided to wake up real early and get an early start, get the trailer going, get everything up there, get the equipment gassed up. And so I woke up real early, as I always do, to get get ahead of everything. And and so I was. He lived in South Tampa. I was in Odessa, probably a good 20, 30 minute drive, uh, depending on which way you went. So I woke up and. And I, I always watch back then I listen to the radio or watch the news one or the other in the morning or cop the paper. And uh, immediately I, I turn on the news and I see the, the first plane hit. I, I hear uh, first about the, the plane circling and and then immediately I hear about the the plane hit. So I, it catches my attention. I start watching. I immediately call Ron and I say, hey, man, turn on your TV. We just got attacked uh, or something big's going on. And uh, so he, he's like, whoa, man, this is crazy. Uh, let me let you go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this. And so I, I told him I'd be headed that way. So I, I hung up with him and, and I uh, got all my gear ready, jumped in the car and headed to South Tampa as fast as I could because I didn't want to miss what was going on. So um, I got over there about the time uh, about the time I got over to his house is about the time the second plane had, had collided um, into the building. So uh, that's, that's where I was. And, uh, a lot, for a lot of people, <clears throat> it's either a good or bad memory. I got friends of mine. Um, Monique's one that comes to mind. I got a bunch of friends that, that were actually there in New York at, at around ground zero. Um, at the time this occurred, um, I've got a few friends through friends that passed away, uh, in, in some of the destruction. And, and, uh, I, I know a lot of different first responders that were, um, a part of the scene there. Um, so, you know, this is one of those, you know, for me, I, I am so pro our nation and patriotic and, and I am 100% for our country to succeed. And this is an event that, that to me, well, I'll always remember. Um, I will never forget the fact that our, our nation was turned upside down. And, you know, uh, it's one of those things where, uh, the first point I'd like to make is that where we are now, we're so we're in such a divisive situation in our country and our society. Uh, we've got two parties going against each other, head to head, neck and neck. Uh, nobody nobody wants to be wrong. Everybody has to be right. Uh, it, it's insane. But the thing that that I remember most about this, about 9/11, and maybe a lot of people don't, is the the way our nation immediately everybody from every background and every culture that was 
in our nation and even around the world, the support we got immediately came together. There was people from every cultural background uh, running in to help. How can we help? Can we get food there? Can we get supplies there? Financial support came flying in. Um, there was people that were just there bringing, bringing water and food to the first responders and the firefighters who were taking major, you know, shifts back to back, climbing through that rubble, trying to save people and get people out. And, you know, thank God for them. And thank God for the people that showed that support. But, um, one of the things, uh, upon waking up this morning and I was thinking about it, uh, I was thinking about a lot last night. Uh, if, if any of you caught it, I was posting, uh, my nine 11 tribute post, uh, pictures and stuff on all my, all the accounts I can. Um, every year I do that. It's just, I, I will never forget. It's, it means a lot to me. Uh, and again, the, the, the real memory for me, besides knowing the, the day and what I was doing that day is, what happened afterwards and what happened afterwards was our nation came together in the midst of a crisis uh an attack and we we we've will never be the same so from from that date previous you know our nation was what it was man it was fun i i just remember you know it was always fun having hip-hop and freedom and this and that and there was just so much it, it, things that just were just great at that time i just remember that and then I just remember that, that the date of that attack, everything seemed to change. Uh, everything in our nation seemed to change. Um, the, the tone of people, uh, you were either very skeptical and paranoid or you were very uh, reserved or you, um, you, know, you were very giving. Uh, a lot of people, that, and that's what I remember the most, is people being so giving, people uniting. Uh, it didn't matter your your color, your your culture. Your it, what mattered was that you had support and that you were there. Um, that was so awesome. And uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of reflect on the timeline um, as just just part of part of what me, me remembering and part of me just sharing with the audience. And for those that maybe don't remember, or maybe those that that you know were too young or weren't born or whatever the situation, I, I kind of like to reflect on this, this day. So our country, again, it's just never been the same. Um, we, we've gone from uh, Department of Homeland Security being put in, put in place and, and, and all these different agencies and organizations and terror task force. And uh, ever since that day, it's been terror, 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 fear, fear, fear. And our, our nation's just never been the same. And, you know, that's what terrorism is. That's what they wanted. That's what, that's what they got. Um, and, and I just remember for several years there, things changing. I just remember people, uh, afterwards coming together. We're not going to let this affect our nation. And then I just remember a lot of people just, you know, a lot of people enlisted, a lot of people went in and enlisted. Uh, my, my younger brother was one that went, went, went in right after, right around that time. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just astounding to see where, where we were from this tragic event to where we are now in our nation, um, it makes you think, you know, a lot of people have forgotten. Uh, but I'm not going to forget. I'm going to keep letting this live on um, because it needs to. Uh, the, the victims and their families, uh, the survivors and their families, uh, the people around the world, the men and women that went to war after this um, uh, on, on Bush's weapons of mass destruction war and 
lost their lives they deserve and their families deserve to know that that we haven't forgotten this so uh just for, i'm just going to skim through this timeline uh I'm, I'm looking right now i'm reading this off of one of the newsweek article timeline it's a timeline of 9 11 um and, and so at 759 american airline flight 11 takes off from boston with 11 crew members 76 passengers and five hijackers aboard it was originally destined for los angeles at 8.15, United uh, Airlines Flight 175 takes off from Boston with nine crew members, 51 passengers, and five hijackers. It was originally destined for Los Angeles. Uh, Betty, at 8.19, Betty Ann Ong, a flight attendant aboard Flight 11, uh, alerts ground personnel that the cockpit is unreachable. A passenger has been stabbed and the plane is hijacked. The passenger identified as Daniel Lewin, served uh, four years in the Israeli army and report, report a report speculated that he may have tried to stop the hijackers. He's likely the first person that was killed during the attacks. So, you know, Daniel M. Lewin, that's a name to remember. Uh, this guy sacrificed his life trying to save the, save the people on his plane, um, not even knowing the extent of what their attack was going to be. So uh, what a hero he, he really was. Uh, 8.20 a.m., American Airlines Flight 77 takes off from Washington Duels International uh, Airport with six members, 53 passengers, and five hijackers on board. It was originally destined for Los Angeles. Flight 11 hijacker Mohammed Atta <clears throat> accidentally broadcasts a message to air traffic control saying, we, we have some planes, just stay quiet and you will be okay. Uh, Boston, and then at 8.37, Boston's Air Traffic Control Center alerts U.S. Uh, Air Force Northeast Air Defense Sector, which mobilizes the Air National Guard to follow Flight 11. You, uh, at 8.42, United Flight 93 takes off from Newark International Airport with a crew of seven, 33 passengers and four hijackers on board. It was originally bound for San Francisco. At 8.46, Flight 11 crashes into floors 93 through 99 of the, of the One World Trade Center, known as the North Tower, severing, off, <clears throat> severing all three emergency stairwells. With, uh, first responders are dispatched to the scene and an evacuation immediately begins. And again, this is, this is where I started. This is where I saw it. So we're talking 8.46 a.m. I'm packing up my bags and I'm I'm jump, getting ready to jump in my car and this comes on in the news and I turn it on and I'm watching. And this is when I called Ron and I said, man, you know, this is something's going on. A uh, plane just hit the, the North Tower. Hey, bud, what are we doing here? You know, and he's like, oh, just, you know, let's come over here, man. I'll, I'll be watching this. Let me let me turn it on. So so I rushed over there, you know, so this is at 846. And uh, again, everyone in the world, everybody in America not knowing. I mean, anybody woke up and turned this on or anybody that was there in new york at that time right around the trade building uh nobody knew knowing what's going on i mean this is just out of the blue attack um out of the blue a plane hitting a building um so then at 8 50 we get george bush george uh, president george bush <clears throat> is told what's believed to be a plane hit the world trade center at that time uh bush was visiting an elementary school in sarasota now i remember this because we were it was all over the news in florida where i was at and uh, I just remember seeing hit the, the whole news broadcast of him going to this elementary school that morning and, and watching, you know, him in there reading and talking to kids and and doing what, you know, the press press stuff they got to do. So he's in there doing that. And he was told there was likely an accident at 852. A flight attendant aboard flight 175 reports to an airline operator that a hijacking is underway 
At 8.55, a Port Authority fire uh, safety employee tells people in World in Two World Trade Center, the South Tower, that it that it is a secure that it is secure and there is no need to evacuate. Those in the process of evacuating are told to use the re-entry doors and elevators to return to their offices. At 8.59, Port Authority Police Sergeant Al Devana orders both towers to be evacuated. Followed, <clears throat> followed a minute uh, later by the evacuation order for the entire complex. At 9.02, a Port Authority Fire Safety employee announces people may start in an orderly evacuation on South Tower if conditions weren't on your floor. I mean, how scary is that, okay? Uh, being, <clears throat> being say, 85 feet up or 85 stories up in the air and you're being told to evacuate if the conditions allow it for your floor, um, you're 85 floors above your exit uh, you, b before you're able to get out of a building to safety. Um, probably another reason I have never wanted to work in a high-rise building. <clears throat> but how, how absolutely scary for those people to be, I mean, you're just trapped. You're, you can't go anywhere. I mean, that's, even if you wanted to run, I mean, the closest you're going to run is into a stairwell and you still have 84 flights to get to downstairs to your exit. Um, horrific to think about. At 9.03, flight 175 crashes into 70, uh, floor 77 through 85. So again, if you're on 85 or up, I mean, you're kind of screwed um, at that point. Uh, hits the South Tower. Two of the, the three emergency stairwells are rendered impassable. 9.05, White House Chief, uh, Chief of Staff at the time, Andrew Carr, informs Bush that the South Tower was hit and that this, that this was no accident. A second plane hit the second tower. America is under attack, Carr told MSNBC, were the words he, ha he said to the president. Renee A. May, a flight attendant on Flight 77, calls her mother and says the, pl the plane has been hijacked. Her mother then calls American Airlines minutes after the ca their call. Passenger Barbara Olson calls her husband, Solicitor General Theodore Olson, and tells him hijackers took over the flight, and he informs federal officials. Uh, flight 77 in the Pen uh, at 9:37, flight 77 crashes into the Pentagon. Uh, now there was a lot of a lot of conspiracy theory stuff. There was a lot of skeptic skeptics uh, talking about this, and it's funny I'm reading this timeline because I've even read recently where. And I know we have a lot of misinformation. Uh, if, if you were there, if you remember this day like I do, there's so much misinformation. Now, originally they, they thought <clears throat> that this is the original story I heard was the plane had hit, a plane had crashed into the Pentagon. And that was what was covered on the news. And you could kind of see a tail wing. And there was just that's what was told. OK, then there was it was a missile. Then, then we were told that this was a, a surface air missile or uh, a ground fire missile. Uh, so it was definitely a terrorist attack by, by somebody. Um, and then later on, it was a Cessna. And then later on, it was, uh, you know, the, the stories went on and on. And then, and then as the images got cleaned up and you started getting st stuff released from Pentagon uh, and you saw the destruction and how the plane hit and went into the Pentagon and penetrated the building, um, they started hiding it. They started covering up what, what the debris they started. It, it never it didn't look like a plane at that point. So it was really, you know, it kept you wondering, was this really a missile attack or was this a plane? But the way I remember it and watching it on the news was a flight, seven, the Flight 77, a plane actually hit the Pentagon. Then the initial pictures and video that were shown, you could kind of tell it was a plane. Um, and the trajectory and the way it hit was 
um, I guess, just very destructive. I mean, it just disintegrated the plane and, and went into the internal portions of the building. It didn't make it to the center areas, but 942 Federal Aviation Administration grounds all flights. At 9.58, Flight 93 is flying low enough to the ground that Edward P. Felt, a passenger, is able to reach an emergency operator in Pennsylvania. At 9.59, the South Tower collapses. Um, and that was, you know, the planes hitting and the whole incident was just mind-boggling. And then right then at 9.59, when that tower went down on the news, <clears throat> I mean, it was just shock trauma uh it, absolute horror for the, for just the people and this i think part of the sad one of the saddest parts of it was you could physically watch on the news live you could physically see the bodies and people you could see there was a, a video that kept replaying of a man jumping um, but there was physically you could see people tumbling out of this tower uh the people that were left uh from that tower and I mean, just horrific to, to think that their last moments were falling out of a building to their death. And so 10.03, passengers uh, and crew members storm the cockpit of Flight 93. It crashes into Shanksville, Pennsylvania, uh, about 20 minutes uh, flying time from uh, Washington, D.C. Now, my friend Brad uh, at the time, uh, Brad was living in Emmaus, Allentown. And Brad Kingston, uh, you know who you are if you hear this. Uh, he, he, he was living up there. I went up there and stayed with him for a little bit and visited and had a friend of mine, Kyle, that, that uh, lived up there for a while with him. But, uh, right around that time, I mean, they'd locked down all air traffic. So around Pennsylvania, this flight was very concerning. So in Brad's area, that was kind of the, the big concern right there was that plane where it was going to go. And that's where it ended up going was into Shanksville. Um, so, uh, and then at 10 28 AM, the North tower collapses. At 12.16, U.S. airspace closes. <clears throat> At 8.30, Bush addresses the nation from the White House. Um, and, the, and the above timeline, it says in, in this article, the above timeline was compiled from the 9-11 Museum and Memorial, uh, the country's uh, principal institution for examining events and aftermath of the attacks. So that's, that's where I got that information, that timeline, if you want to look back at it. Um, it kind of it's nice to have that timeline of the exact events and the, and the time frames they happened and occurred kind of helps you, I guess, review or revisit um, where you were at that time, as well as the time frame you were standing in when these things were occurring. Um, at, at this point, by the time that second tower was coming down, uh, and I'm going to look back, by the time that second tower was coming down, North Tower, was 10:28, so I was already on the road and, and on my way to Ron's house at that point. So I, we were, as I remember, we were sitting there on his couch watching this break down. Uh, we we ended up running our morning late going to ride because this was just crazy, and we did end up finally jumping in the car and going going up to Croom and hitting the trails for a little bit. But it it really took a toll on our ride that day, and it took a toll on you know everything we were thinking and and just perspective in life. And you know then now what do we do is you know, is, is our whole nation collapsing and, you know, the things that mean so much to you at that very moment within a split second, no longer really have the value they had because there's so many lives affected and so many, so many people that, that you can't reach out to. Uh, I, I remember a lot of my friends trying to call friends and family up in New York and, and for a while, their uh, some of the cell, cell towers went down. 
local cabled phones went down. So a lot, you know, there was so much confusion because nobody could get through to anybody. Uh, you didn't know if your friend was alive or dead, if they were stuck in the rubble. Uh, it was just horrific. But uh, again, I will never forget this event. Uh, it's just always played out in my head uh, since the day it happened. Um, I know there's, there should be and will be a lot of tributes today. And uh, I just wanted to give my story on, on where I was and uh, just share with you that timeline, maybe try to help you kind of review and revisit. Um, I like to kind of help people, you know, not so much not forget in the terms of, you know, if it's traumatic to you, I don't want you to have to relive it. But uh, I do want you to not forget that this event occurred uh, because it's historic and it, it changed our nation in, in ways we're feeling even today. Um, but the main th reason I really wanted to get on here besides uh, just giving us tribute to 9-11, taking a moment of silence to really think about where you were today, maybe take a break wherever you are, uh, is really just to bring back the memory, the, the good that came out of this, which uh, at the end of the day was the unity. Uh, what came out of this after that happened, this event, was phenomenal uh, unity. Uh, you saw American flags on every corner, every car, kids walking around with the little mini flags. You saw flags and the American, you saw red, white, and blue everywhere across our nation, everywhere, every person, every culture wearing it and proud to be an American. Uh, you saw the red, white, and blue and the stars and bars across the nation, anywhere you went. Um, and if you didn't, there was, there, I don't know, there must've been a reason for it, but I'll be honest. I, I never at that time ever saw the American flag become such a fashion statement, become such a, uh, symbol that, uh, I guess brought back, resurrected as a symbol that it had been forgotten, you could say, um, because it was, uh, you know, we, we pledge allegiance to the flag and all those things started going away in schools. And, you know, some of the patriotism that we, 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 some of us cherish, uh, had, had kind of just went to the wayside a little bit. We forgot, I guess we kind of took advantage of, or, um, took for granted, uh, the freedoms we have in America until that day, 9-11. And from that day forward, things changed. But, man, I will tell you, there was cars wrapped, <clears throat> painted with red, white, and blue. Uh, you'd see flat antenna flags flying, people with banners on their trucks and flags flying from their trucks. Um, it was a very interesting change and turn. But the biggest thing was that our nation, all Americans from every background, uh, even people that weren't American that lived here, that this was their new home, even people around the world in other countries, felt com compassionate about and, and that, that this was the, a horrific event, but they all came together in support of us. Um, so I just want to, you know, remind you that that's not too far from where we can be. You know, that's, that's not a, a place where we can't go again. And I think we're at a point in our nation where we need that. We need it, 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 whether it's, we don't need another bad event. Don't get, don't take it out of the, uh, the wrong turn. We don't need another traumatic event to bring this nation together. What we need is for this nation to just come together because we don't need a tragic event. So we need all this nonsense to stop so that we can just come together. We don't need a reason to come together. 
that's the thing in America. The freedom we have is we have the freedom to just come together. Other countries and nations don't, there's not places that always have that. They don't have the freedoms we have here in this nation and they don't have the, the free markets we have in this, this nation. Uh, we need to start looking into uh, nurturing that value that we have, the freedoms that we have to come together, to be there for each other uh, and, and to love and care for each other like we never have. And the, on that note, you know, I'm going to sign off. So I just want you guys to know we're with you today. All of you, you families, uh, uh, the victims, families, the, the survivors, families, the first responders, families, the people that had to go to war over this. We're with their families. Uh, sad and tragic event. We will never forget the sacrifices of all that were involved in this. Uh, and we will not forget uh, the, the horrendous, cowardice act of these hijacked terrorists to do what they did. Any act of violence toward any person, nation, whatever it may be, any act of violence initiated is a coward. Um, we're at a stage in our, our day and age, it, we can be diplomatic and we can communicate. And that means on every level, that means the person you face in the grocery store in traffic, no matter who it is, we can be diplomatic about it and have an adult conversation. Uh, there is no need for violence. There's always a need to defend yourself and you need you should always do so if, if need be. But and I encourage that. But there is never a need for violence. Uh, it's just not acceptable. It's just not anymore. Uh, so on that note, this is Dean Tedder, two party party, two party podcast signing off. Uh, you have a great day. And uh, I hope a lot of you get to see some of these memorials today and can remember and spend some time and, and reflect on this. And uh, uh, for those of you that pray, pray, pray for the families, pray for the people around the nation that are still feeling this pain. Uh, you have a great day. Two-party podcast, we use Anchor because it's such an easy platform to uh, get, get advertising and sponsors over a variety of different areas where you can get your podcast heard on different platforms. Uh, it's easy to upload. It's easy to add content. It's easy to delete and edit. Um, it's just a very simple platform. Helps you get your get off the ground, kind of help you get your podcast moving forward, um, and simplifies a lot of things in the business that that typically you wouldn't know and you'd have to learn. So it, it does help with the learning curve. So we we really appreciate and use Anchor uh, as well as as many other platforms we've tried. Anchor seems to be the easiest.